So I, I was just kind of thinking about how um, maybe what we just did praying for just some things that we were sensing, it might be new for some of you, or it might, you might just be kind of wondering, like, how, how do we know? I mean, do you ever wonder, like, how do you know when God's doing something? Anybody ever wonder about that? Because I feel that way all the time. Like, how do I know this is God? You know, like, and then, you, you know, you have, like, these senses, and, um, you know, we, we jokingly say in the vineyard, but we're not joking, that we, we spell faith how? R-I-S-K, right? Like, and so it's, it seems like all the time, whenever you have this sense that God might be up to something or might be leading you something, there's always that moment where you're like wrestling with whether you should do it, right? Like, I mean, I know some of you have had that feeling you're in the grocery store and you feel like the Lord's leading you to do something and you're like, I don't know. And, you know, I've shared a lot of different stories because that happens to me all the time when at the grocery store. And it's always some crazy thing that God asks me to do. And I'm like, no way, I'm not gonna do it. I'm just not gonna do it. There's no way. And then finally, after wrestling with it, you, you do it. And then later on, you're like, oh my gosh, so obviously was God. Have you ever had that happen? Just study care. Yeah, it's like, it happens quite often. Um, and this reminds me, though, some of you maybe have heard this story about how God speaks to, to us. And I, I learned a lot about this from a friend. We have, I have this really great friend back in Wisconsin um, at the church we pastored at, out there. And her name's um, Lori. And Lori um, is extremely educated. She's got her master's in, uh, in, in therapy. She's a counselor and she now runs like a, care, a counseling center, super professional, very, very smart, um, but also one of the most like prophetic people I know, meaning she like hears from God all the time. And, and sometimes it's, it's like when someone else is hearing from God and you haven't heard, it's like, I don't really know. Like, but they're telling you, well, this is what I'm hearing. You're like, that sounds crazy. Anybody ever feel that way? Like when people tell you, I've heard from God, you're like, no, you didn't. It's like, fellas, just for a minute, did you know that Abraham heard the Lord say the way to mark Israel was circumcision? What would you have thought if the Lord said, yeah, this is how you're gonna be identified, circumcision. I'd have been like, I don't feel like I'm hearing right. Just don't feel like that's the Lord. Like, there's some crazy things in the Bible. Some of you are like, that's in the Bible? Yes, it is, it's in the Bible. There's some crazy things in there. Sometimes God speaks to the people of, of Israel and in the New Testament speaks to normal followers of Jesus and it just, he calls us to be, to do and, and to say things or, or to like obey him in ways that just seem super weird. And so Lori one Sunday um, walked up to me at the beginning of the service and she says, hey, um, I can't see out of one of my eyes. And I was like, oh, that's, you know, like, that's terrible. And she's like, so I think that the Lord wants us to pray for people's eyesight. And, and, I, and I just was like, There's, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of in my life. <laughs> and she's like, no, I'm having problems with my eye. And I was like, why don't you just go to the doctor then? Like, why are we gonna pray for people? And she's like, well, my eye's fine. I'm like, this is sounding more and more weird. And she's like, no, I really feel like the Lord wants us to pray for people in the churches, church for their eyes. And I remember like in my mind, I was like, well, I know everybody in our church. There's nobody that has eye problems at all. I mean, I was like, I know them all, you know? And so I was standing there and we were singing some songs and I started like really asking the Lord for a way out. <laughs> like, shut off the power, Lord. Like, let's just end this meeting, tornadoes, I don't know. Whatever we need to do to get me out of this situation. And I'm just really wrestling. And I finally was like, all right, I'm just gonna take a risk and I'm gonna ask if there's anybody who needs prayer. So I walked up on stage and I was like, so, um, you know, sometimes we don't always hear from the Lord correctly. Um, and Lori really feels like we're supposed to pray for these eye things. I don't, she does. 
And uh, so if you want prayer for that, you know, we'll pray for you. And then I was just about to launch into like, well, we don't always know when God speaks to us correctly and just going to make an excuse. And like eight people came forward. I'm like, what? And all these people like I knew. I was like, you don't have eye problems. I was like telling them, you don't have eye problems. Get back there. And um, out of all these people, a whole bunch of them got healed because we offered some time for prayer. And it was just one of those moments where I learned another thing about healing, about how sometimes um, what I've observed with people who, you know, who operate in the gift of healing is that they'll have senses on their, like they'll, they'll have things like that happen where like, like their eye will just be weird and they're like praying like, God, what's that about? And God will say, I think that's, that's, I want you to pray for people that way. Or like, here's another one. People who um, have oftentimes seen healing happen, their hands will get really warm and tingly. And so they're like, what's that about? And what I've learned is that if you ever have that happen, it might mean that God wants you to pray for somebody to be healed. Okay, let's just pause for a minute. I just wanna say, I really do believe that God heals people today. I think he does that. Like, I don't think it's like we're in this long desert drought and like God doesn't do miracles anymore. I think God still does miracles. I've seen God do miracles, right? And so I think we have to be sensitive to when God is inviting us into those things. And so I bring that up because I just um, think it's very fascinating to me how God speaks to us. Because the primary way that God speaks to us is, say it with me, the Bible, scripture. This is the authoritative way that God speaks to us. We can read scripture and we we can discern God's will for our lives. But I also know that we're so dumb and hard-headed and we don't listen very well that God has to speak in a lot of other ways too. Can we agree with that? You're not dumb, just me, obviously. But the point is that God speaks to us in a lot of different ways. Creation, like have you ever been outside and look up at the stars and you're like, oh my gosh, this is the most beautiful thing. God is clearly displaying his handiwork before us. Or have you ever had anybody walk up to you that just really is like, hey, I really feel like the Lord laid this on my heart for you. And as soon as they start saying those words, you're cut to the heart because you know that you know that you know that God is speaking to you. Like there's all these different ways that God speaks to us. All these different ways that God speaks to us. And, and it's fascinating to me that sometimes he speaks to us through our bodies and through our senses and through our feelings in order to bring healing and to bring wholeness and to bring restoration in our lives and the lives around us. And and I wanna just point this out though, in the book of Hebrews, chapter one, the writer of Hebrews says that the primary authoritative way that God has spoke to us is through Jesus, his son. So like when you wanna know what God is like, we look to Jesus, we look to Jesus. And so we're in this series right now where we're talking about Advent and we're exploring um, the impact and the, the way that Advent impacts our lives and influences us and welcomes us and invites us into the ways of the kingdom. And last week, we, we kind of dived into this idea about how Advent is first of all about the first coming as well as an anticipation for the second coming. And it helps kind of prompt us. And we, we looked at through how the Old Testament, all of the Old Testament is full of all these promises and invitations about a time when, when Israel would have her longings met through their Messiah. And we know on this side of, of, of that story of who that is, and it's Jesus. And perhaps one of the greatest prophets, I think, about foretelling this, this Messiah figure, when we look at the Old Testament, is, is Isaiah. And 
Uh, last week we looked at Isaiah, and this week we're going to look at Isaiah again. But there's literally dozens of passages of Scripture that reference to Jesus. And what's fascinating about that is that Isaiah prophesied nearly 800 years before the birth of Jesus. And there's certain things that, that Isaiah prophesied that are so clearly about Jesus, it's hard not to, not to see it. And so I want to read a passage of Scripture again. And Chris already read it, but it's such a great passage. And let's just meditate on this passage for a few moments here. This is what the prophet Isaiah prophesied. He said, who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins but he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. Jesus is the only human being who was born with the intent of being killed. He was born for the purpose of death, the death on the cross. Let's pray. So Father, I pray that as we spend some time this morning wrestling with and thinking about Advent and thinking about how this, this time of the year, this Christmas season, um, is a time where we can obviously be generous with gifts and we can, we can celebrate with family and friends and there are many, many good things about that. But I, I would also ask, Lord, that this would be a time where we can really press into the true meaning of this time and that we would see it as not only a, a moment where we look back at the first coming, but we also think about the world that we live in now and how we can do all that we can to help point people to the Jesus who has promised to come again. And we pray this in your name. Amen. So there's a lot of debate about what makes a person, you know, what makes a human being a human being. Um, you know, like um, what I'm talking about in philosophical terms, it's about on ontological identity, like what makes us who we are? How, how are we composed of? And so the Bible has a lot of different words to describe human beings. Um, there's the, the word body, like we have a physical body, right? And we also have, um, we have a mind, we have a spirit, we have a soul. We also have the ability to have a will, right? Like most of you woke up this morning and by your will, you made the decision to get dressed and to drive here, right? Good on you, by the way. You're such, such committed Christians, so committed, right? We have all these things though, these components that, that together make us who we are. And it's, it's just, it's, it's interesting though, because like philosophers and theologians debate about all these different components and then try to figure out, is it dichotomy? Is it that there's, there's two 
parts of the human being or is it trichotomy in that there's, you know, mind, body, soul? Uh, is the soul and the spirit the same thing? And they spent all this time writing about this and it's really fascinating to me because I'm a nerd. But, but what I find really, really more important and pressing is, is the question of what makes us who we are. Like, how do we understand human beings? And the Bible uses all these different words to describe people though and it's all over the place because here's another thing is emotions. What, what part of emotions make us human? Um, what part of emotions make us human? And I think there's a lot of reasons why we can discuss this, and I do think that these, these to this topic is important, but what I find really interesting is this, is that I am convinced with all, of my, with all of my heart that Jesus came to heal us holistically. I don't think that Jesus just cares about your soul and not your body. Just like I don't think that Jesus just cares about your mind and not your soul. I think that Jesus cares actually about every aspect of who we are. Every part of our being, God cares about. So, so whatever we are, he cares about it all. Whatever we are, he cares about it all. He cares deeply about all of the things that make us who we are. And so not only does he care about that, I think he came to heal it, and I also think that he came to restore us back to the way that God intended. So put that into the Advent context for a moment. Christmas reminds us of the birth of Jesus, right? You ask anybody, what's Christmas about? And the first, pre first thing they say is presents, right? Presents. And you're like, okay, beyond that. What's Christmas about? They say the birth of Jesus, right? And that's true. It is about that. But it's also a reminder that Jesus was born in order to serve, and he was born in order to serve and to restore and to ultimately bring salvation to human beings. And so what, what things are connected to our salvation is Jesus wants to save all of us. He wants to save all of us. He wants to restore everything about us everything about us. And I think it's really easy though sometimes for us to get caught into the idea that Jesus only cares about our physical bodies or our spiritual um, parts of our, of our body, but Jesus cares about all of these things. I think that's really obvious. And so when we look at scripture, at least it's obvious. So he came to heal all aspects of our human identity. Now listen to this though. This is really fascinating to me. Are you with me as far as like understand that a lot of times people only think that Jesus cares about the spiritual things? Like that's an issue. Do you all know that? Like talk to people and they're like, they almost put up with the, the other aspects of our lives that are broken because they just think that just at the end of the day, Jesus cares about you going to heaven. Can I tell you right now that Jesus cares more about you just going to heaven? Jesus cares about your life right now, amen? He cares about your life right now. So listen to this. This is what Morton Kielsley says about Jesus' ministry. This is really fascinating. He says, the interest Jesus showed in the physical and mental health of human beings was greater than that of any other leader or religious system from Confucius through Hinduism and Buddhism to Islam. There is no doubt about what he thought of the value of healing our minds and bodies or about the way he put it into practice. The source material found in the New Testament is clear and consistent. We find that everywhere Jesus went, he functioned as a religious healer. 41 distinct instances of physical and mental healing are recorded in the four gospels. There's actually 72 accounts in all, including the duplications. But this by no means represents the total. So the point here is that Jesus' ministry is super holistic. Mind, body, soul. He's care he cares about all of these different things. And let me just give you a couple examples. And I'm gonna tie this into why this matters for Christmas in a minute. 
Jesus' ministry on healing is where he heals physical bodies. He heals physical bodies. I mean, have, you any, have any of you ever read the gospels where you just start reading and you see how many times Jesus comes in contact with people who have physical issues and he just heals them? Like, isn't it, aren't some of those reasons why we love him? Like he sees people where they're at and he ministers to them. Now, I, I don't know about you, but like that I think is really encouraging because I think we need to have physical healing happen. And it's nice to know that Jesus did that at times, right? We can actually go to, go to him in prayer and we can, we can actually ask him to heal because he does it. So we see that happens. Listen to this, this is Luke chapter four, 40 through 41. It says, At the, as the sun went down that evening, people throughout the village brought sick family members to Jesus. No matter what their diseases were, can you say that? Let's read that together. No matter what their diseases were, all of them, the touch of his hand healed every one. Many were possessed by demons and the demons came out at his command shouting, you are the son of God. It did not matter what diseases came in contact with Jesus. Jesus healed all of them. He healed all of them. He healed all of them. It's amazing, I love that. So he, he, he heals physical bodies. We also see this though, that Jesus heals relational status, that he actually brings healing in community. And this is kind of a, a complex thing, but in, in Luke chapter five, Jesus heals this man with leprosy, okay? Now, if you had leprosy in the first century and through many centuries of the world, um, you, you might not know this, but it was a, a disease that kept you outside of community. So if you had leprosy, you were not allowed to be around people. You were basically ostracized and you were cut off and you were living by yourself with other people who had leprosy and you were not able to have community, okay? And so when Jesus heals people with leprosy, he's doing more than just healing them and having, I mean, think about this, like body parts, their ears, their nose are falling off, right? That's part of what leprosy does. Body parts are falling off. Jesus heals them, which means they all of a sudden instantly grow ears and they have their nose back. Like that's a miracle as far as I've checked, right? Can we all agree with that? Okay, okay. Conclusively, scientific evidence proves it, right? Like miracle. He does that, but then not only are they no longer suffering from leprosy, they're able to come into the community and it restores their relationships with other human beings. It's amazing. So not only does he heal physical bodies, he also brings healing to their relational statuses. Um, and that's what's I think really interesting is that oftentimes there's more going on in Jesus' healings than just physical healing. There's more going on. There's more going on when healing happens. Let me give you another example on a practical level. Like, did you know that oftentimes the physical manifestations we have are actually connected to spiritual things we're going through? Like I had this really interesting situation one time where this person asked for prayer and I was like, okay, I'd love to pray for you. And so we laid hands on them, we started praying and, um, and we just had this, this, this sense to like, okay, well, what would you like prayer for? And they're like, well, she said, I have, I have just a lot of pain in my back, like tons of pain in my back. And so, okay, well, we're gonna pray for, for, for God to heal that pain. And so we're waiting, we're praying for God to heal. And as soon as we started praying though, it just felt like the Lord said that that's not the actual issue. That's a symptom of the issue. 
like, okay, well, what's that about? And this other person I was with said, I really feel like the Lord says, is saying that you have a lot of anxiety and stress in your life. And the person was like, absolutely, yes. Well, okay, let's, let's pray about that. And as they prayed about that, the person was healed from all their back pain. So there is a connection between our physical bodies and our spiritual lives. Did you know that? Did you know that there are studies that, that have shown that there is a connection between our ability to smile and to laugh with cancer? Like they've done studies, this, these are peer reviewed studies where people who are going through cancer treatment, if they have a lot of joy, laughter and smiles and people around them who are, who are supporting them, they're more likely to be healed of cancer than when people don't have that. It's because there is, we are holistic creatures. God created your whole entire being, amen? That's like really important for us to get as followers of Jesus because he cares about it all. This is what those, uh, those journals call it. They say it's psychosocial functioning, by the way. Which I was like, that sounds really smart. I don't even know what that means. Moving on, okay. Here's another thing that Jesus does. Jesus healed people's minds. He healed people's minds. And I'm gonna connect that to, I think, mental and emotional things. This is a really complex issue, and I'm, I'm, I hesitate to talk about it a little bit because we don't have enough time to unpack this, but this is, this is what I, I can tell you, is that um, this morning I, I was in my car praying, and I was just thinking about how it's really interesting how loneliness, I, I haven't had a lot of loneliness in my life, but when it happens, it's like you can tell yourself you have no reason to be lonely all day long, and you still feel if you notice that, it's like, I have no reason. I'm like, I, there's hundreds of people around me. There's too many people around me. Uh, Don and I have 900 kids. They're always there. I have no reason to be lonely. I'm like, you don't need to be lonely, but, I, but your feelings can still be lonely. It's, it's really weird. Or like anxiety or depression or all these different things that just like, they just get in here and they get in here and you're resting, you're like, how do I get rid of this? How do I deal with this? And there's a lot of different reasons why. So I'm just gonna lay out a couple of things, okay? Number one, you might need to take medicine. Seriously, can we just say amen? It's okay to take medicine. God created doctors, did you know that? He also created science. Going to a doctor is good. Therapy can be helpful. Can you guys say amen to these? These are true. If you don't know this, I'm concerned about you, okay? I'm serious, like I'm concerned, okay? These are real things and they can be really helpful. Part of your healing process can be talking to somebody or can be, be taking medication. I also think though, that the Bible does indicate that sometimes our emotional and our mental struggles can be directly tied to spiritual warfare. That's a biblical thing. So sometimes it might not be the medication or talking to somebody. It might be that plus we need to pray that God brings his presence and delivers you from spiritual warfare, okay? That happens, okay? But here's the concern I have about us charismatic folks is that we skip the first things and we go directly to like dealing with demons. And I'm just telling you, sometimes you just need to take some pills being serious, don't laugh. I'm being serious, like we need to just go talk to a doctor or talk to a therapist and that will immediately help. But we also need to not rule out the fact that sometimes we actually need to do 
we need to do spiritual warfare and God wants to bring deliverance from some things. But Jesus did this all the time. This is what I love about reading the gospels is that you see Jesus and, and this is the beauty of Jesus is that he's able to see people where they're at. Christmas reminds me about how Jesus came to where we were at. John chapter one, verse 14, it says, and the word became flesh and he dwelt for a while among us. Jesus enters into our lives, meets us where we're at, sees us for who we are, and he can bring healing in the ways that we need to be healed, amen? He can bring healing in the ways that we need to be healed. So Jesus heals people's minds in scripture. And then connected to this is Jesus healed emotions. Jesus healed emotions. And that was what I was sensing this morning is I think that sometimes you know, like we have these feelings and we're not sure why we have those feelings and we might not ever be fully aware of why we have those feelings, but I can tell you right now that Jesus cares about the way that you feel. Jesus cares about your, your, your feelings of anxiety. He cares about your, your worries. He cares about your depression. He cares about the fact that some of you really don't really understand why you were created and you, you really have questions about your identity. Like, who am I is a real question. And I'm telling you right now, Jesus cares about that. He actually cares about that. Some of you also have, have hurts and pains. Things have happened to you in your life and, and it's hard to let those things go. And I'm telling you right now, Jesus cares about those things. Jesus cares about those things. I love this Psalm. I've been meditating on the Psalm a lot because I think it is a good reminder. It says that he heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. So let me just tell you right now what I was really sensing this morning. You know, I'm, I'm praying and I'm asking the Lord, I'm like, man, I, I had, I've had a really great week. Um, you know, I, I've been spending time with people I love. I have no reason to have any of these feelings at all. And it's like, it just would not leave. And I was praying, I was asking God, I was like, you know, what is going on, God? Like, is this spiritual warfare? Like, cause I think sometimes if you feel distractions or you feel like you can't focus on things, that can be an evidence or a sign that you're under spiritual warfare. So I'm like trying to discern like what's going on. And I, I just felt as, as, like as clear as day, like the Lord was just wanting us to this morning, just remember that even though there's a lot of good things going on, you might be living your best life today. You might have had steak last night. For me, that's like, right? You might've had that happen and things are going great, but there's people around you that maybe are brokenhearted. They're brokenhearted and they need they need us, the church, to be sensitive to that and to also, we need to sometimes be a reminder of that, that God cares about everything you're going through and he wants to bring healing and restoration to whatever brokenheartedness you have right now. So if you're feeling lonely during the holiday season, first of all, you're not alone. You are not alone. You are not alone if you're feeling lonely and brokenhearted during the holiday season. But here's the good news. You are not alone, you are not alone. You have not only, you have a church that wants to be present for you, but you have a loving savior that loves you beyond anything you could ever imagine. And that was my sense this morning. It's like the Lord just wanted us to just, 
I just felt like nudged, like, no, we need to press into this because this is the reality. Some of you are going to, it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. Christmas Day might be absolutely terrible in that moment. You're going to feel so lonely, so brokenhearted, and I just need you to hear me right now. In that moment, you have people who are praying for you. You have a church community that you can call, and you have a Savior who loved you so much that he willingly died on a cross so that you could have salvation, you could be restored to your relationship, not only with God, but with other people. Amen? And that's the thing about Advent is that it reminds us of these things. And so this, this idea of Jesus' healing, it really shapes, I, maybe it's just me, but it really shapes my whole, um, my whole conception about why we're supposed to continue the ministry of Jesus as followers of Jesus. Like, I just refuse to believe that Jesus was supposed to be, do the stuff, and we just talk about how Jesus did the stuff, and we're not supposed to do the stuff today. Like, I think we're supposed to continue Jesus' ministry. And Jesus came to bring salvation and to bring restoration, and therefore we should help other people experience salvation and restoration today as, as well. This is like part of our heritage. The founder of the vineyard, one of the founders, his name was John Wimber. And I love John Wimber because he used to always describe himself as a fat man just trying to get to heaven. And I'm like, I can, I really like that. <laughs> like not pretentious, just super like low key guy. But what he really, even though he was brilliant and even though he, you know, knew the Bible in and out, what he really wanted was not for his ministry to be big and to be famous. What he wanted is for all of you to be able to do the things of the kingdom. So he was less about look at me and more about like, let me show you how to do it too. Because all of the stuff that I'm talking about is stuff that you should be able to do too. Not just the pastor pray for people, but we all pray for people. This is what, this is what a person said about John Wimber. Kevin Springer said this about John Wimber once. He said, John Wimber's ministry has been rightly described as the democratization of healing. In contrast to the many healing evangelists that dot the landscape today, his goal as always to re, was to release the ministry to the people. So think about that for a min minute in relation to Advent. We talked about this morning as Chris and Shannon read, they, he, we, we heard about how it's about healing and forgiveness, right? So healing and wholeness is, is something that's connected to Advent. So perhaps Advent is not only a time for us to reflect on Jesus' coming and to think about how it impacts us personally, but maybe it's a time where we can think about how Jesus can continue to impact people through us. Maybe we are supposed to take the Advent hope that we have and give it away. Maybe we're supposed to take the message of Advent and we're supposed to spread it to everybody else that we come in contact. So here's what I wanna do, last couple of minutes. If we're gonna continue the ministry of Jesus, if we wanna bring healing, let me just ask, how many of you wanna see people around you healed and forgiven? You are such great people. How many of you wanna see your, your neighbor's lives restored? How many of you wanna see people who feel lonely, who feel abandoned, have a sense of community? How many of you feel that way? It's, it's like a thing we do, right? So if that's true, then let me just give you three practical ways I think we can continue the ministry of Jesus and, and see these things happen. The first one is this. I think we need to invite people in. And I don't mean just to church, even though it's a great way to do it. But I mean like invite people in, invite them in relationally, spending time getting coffee with people, having people over at your home, 
I mean, there are numerous um, polls and studies that have been done that have determined and show us that if people are invited, they're willing generally to come. Like people are just waiting for an invitation. In fact, in church world, I always say it this way, people are one invitation away from encountering God. They're one invitation away from experiencing God's love, perhaps for the first time. Second thing I think we can do is we can smile and laugh with people. We can smile and laugh with people. There's something extremely winsome and attractive about, about people who are full of joy. In fact, let's just be honest, sometimes those people are full of joy, oh, they're so annoying. Like, you know what I'm talking about? It's just like, oh my gosh, right? But, but on, a, on, on the real, like, I mean, I just know when I'm around those people, I'm like, oh, I just cannot take it. And then I'm like, but I kind of like them, right? It's like, bah humbug, but, but they're pretty cool. I mean, there's something special about people who smile and who have joy and laughter. I mean, it's, it's kind of contagious. In fact, listen to what Nikki Gumbel says. I love this. Nikki Gumbel says that children laugh on average 150 times a day. That is so much, isn't it? Adults laugh, though, on average only six times a day. Jesus tells us to be more like, yeah. I know some of you are like, oh, I don't like that. Yeah, bomb right? But I honestly think that if we really understand who Jesus is, if we really know who Jesus is, we're gonna want to be people who are known for our joy. Known for our joy. People who are known for our joy. Why do we have joy? Because of who Jesus is for us, right? The Bible tells us that Jesus was anointed with the oil of gladness. Finally, we need to be willing to pray for people to experience healing, forgiveness, and wholeness. And so this season right now, I think we need to pay attention to what God's doing around us and to be sensitive to what God might be doing. And then we should offer these six important words. You wanna know, I think these are, these are like the six most important words that you can learn in the holiday season. And it's this, the six most important words are, are this, can I pray for you now, right? Not like, well, I'll pray for you later, but can I pray for you now? Can I pray for you now? Let's stand up together. <clears throat> so here, here's what we're gonna do. Just for a moment, we're gonna, we're gonna have an opportunity to receive prayer. And um, what I'd like to just say is this. I wanna, you know, if you came here this morning and you need physical healing or if you need emotional support or if you need, um, maybe there's a financial or relational stuff you're going through that you just need some prayer for. Um, could we just do this? Could we have a time where we allow God and give some space for God to bring some healing right now? Is that cool? All right, so let's just close our eyes for a moment. So I just have a sense that there's a number of you, first of all, you've bought into the lie that God does not care about parts of your life. Like you, you really just feel like you're not on God's radar. 
and that there's some things you've been really seriously suffering through and you've been holding those things on and you just feel like you're just all by yourself. And I just want you to know this morning that I think, I think God wants to do something in that area. And there's others of you who, who've come this morning and you want to experience physical healing, you want to, phys- you want to have um, God's um, support in your life, you have things that you really want him to do. And I, I think God wants to do those things this morning. So here's what I'm gonna do. If you, if you are here this morning and you connect with any of those things and you want God to bring, to bring peace in a significant way, I'm just gonna ask you just to come forward right now and we're gonna pray for you. You know, I, I, this, this, uh, that scripture in Luke 4 where it says that Jesus healed every disease. I, I think there's a number of you in this room that you've been suffering from uh, some chronic illness stuff. And it's like, you just, you, it just won't go away. You've tried everything. Uh, have you tried prayer? I feel like the Lord might want to heal you today. So if you're here and you have any illnesses at all, like there's nothing that's off of, off of the radar for God. God can bring healing. Okay, so we're gonna pray in a moment here, but I'm gonna ask um, some of our leadership team, why don't you guys come on up here and join us in prayer too, just so we can live out what we've said, how we believe that Jesus ministers to us through the church. Okay, Father, we thank you for your presence, your spirit's presence here right now. So we just lift up every one of these folks right now who needs to experience your your presence and your power right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray for you to bring healing, you to bring restoration, you to bring, Lord, the, the full measure of your kingdom right now. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would replace fear with love. I pray that Lord, you'd you'd bring healing, Lord, from the for the from the pain and the emotional concerns that each of these folks have. We just pray for your kingdom to come right now. So let's just keep praying for a few minutes here.
So while we continue praying up here, um, I'm just going to pray a blessing over everybody else. And if you um, can just go in God's grace. And so, Father, I pray a blessing for everybody, Lord, right now, that you continue to transform us into the image of Jesus and that you would keep us safe. And, Lord, we thank you for all of the things that you've done for us and that you're doing through us. We pray this in Jesus' name.